News Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number two, the Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Oh, it's really weird. It's a bunch of people wanting to comment about something or other. Let's go right to the phones here. No, it's the reaction to the interview we just concluded with Scott Huffman. He is running for Congress, the 8th Congressional District. Uh, he's a Democratic candidate. Uh, that was the first hour. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, first off, thank you. But secondly, uh, you may want to go back one episode and listen to that first. Let me get Rick on. He has been hanging on uh, the longest. Hello, Rick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. I'm exhausted from listening to that exchange. (laughs) Um, Just a couple things, and hopefully Scott's listening. Uh, Scott, I I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Jane Rowe kept the baby. Um, If you dig down into the details, uh, there was a lot of politics with that case. Mm -hmm. Um, Second of all, I, I think you should go to the library sometime next week and uh, get a book on pregnancy. I don't uh, take a look at the different uh, trimesters uh, a woman goes through. You know, I personally, uh, you know, was raised Catholic, you know, and their position is, well, if you can have an abortion, if it's going to save the mother's life, you know, I do agree with Scott to a certain point that, you know, it is between the doctor and the, and the woman, uh, but there's limits. There's no such thing as a post-birth abortion. I, I never, you know, this uh, this manipulating of the English language, I think, is going to inflame a lot of people. Well, and to that uh, point, yeah, Rick, the, the if you're asking to uh, be elected to a position where you will write using that language uh, that we all, you know, share, if you're going to be yeah. writing laws using that language, then I need to know what your definitions are for some of the terms on yeah. the legislation you're going to be writing. And that's yeah. why I asked about what is the definition of a woman. And I asked when do rights attach. And right. uh, he, you know, he, and for some reason, and I don't understand because his answer was yes at birth. I, I mean, that's, that, yeah. that, that's his answer was that you don't have any human rights until you exit the, the, the mom, right? That's but it. A lot of, a lot of states have laws where if you, you kill a mother mm-hmm. and she's pregnant, then you can get charged with a, another uh, murder or a homicide if, if she's pregnant. Correct. Um, in regards to the, to the uh, gouging by the oil companies, the oil companies are going to be the only people, um, <laughs> companies of, or groups of companies that be able to in, invest in alternative energies. And he can't really say that because once the Russian oil came off the market, the market's got to go find an extra 10 to 12% out there. Um, and most of the Russian oil is going to India and China. Um, and if you're going to, uh, you know, complain about that, then you, you know, where were you when the oil prices were really low and gasoline was a couple bucks a gallon? Um, and if you're concerned about feeding people, well, I hope you're paying attention to see the scarcity on some of the grocery sh- uh, shelves, you know, two years into this uh, pandemic, uh, India has suspended all wheat exports, uh, for their country. Um, so, you know, we're headed for some, you know, serious trouble. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think, you know, my house, my parents were the, um, legislators, they were the judiciary <laughs> and right. the executives. And, um, you know, I don't know about Scott, but you know what? I'm, um, I'm thankful for my life. I, I hope that he is, and I, and I hope uh, he realizes what a gift that is and that he would think a little bit more clearly on um, the issue of um, when life begins. Yeah. Put it that way, without, uh, 
you know, things happen. Not everybody has the same values, but you know, there's uh you know, there's, there's a middle ground here that we have to work through. And, and as far as the, uh, tragedy, when I grew up, I, I, I don't know anybody of my friends that would, um, even think about bringing a weapon into, into a classroom. Um, and I'm certainly, you know, after these last couple instances against an 18 year old, having access to certain things, but I, I, I think the left is after a little bit more than that. Just a wee bit. Uh, Rick, yeah. I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much for hanging on to make it. Thanks. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Let me jump over here to Jerry. Welcome to the program. Jerry, how are you? I'm great, Pete. Thank you. Sure. Uh, very quickly, I didn't think I could love you any more than I already do. <laughs> <laughs> but that interview, your, your interview skills were on display. Calm, steady. Oh, but the question I actually asked you was, I mean, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Please keep having all the Democrats on and just letting them dig themselves into a hole. I offer them the opportunity. Some people ask for it. Scott Huffman asked for it, and and, uh, and his uh, followers tried to pressure me, citing the uh, equal time federal rules about, you know, you, oh, you can get equal time, and got all these, you know, helpful pieces of advice. And I said to him what I said to uh, B.J. McGuffin, McGuffin, McGinnis. I said to him the same thing. I said, I thought you'd never ask. And you're free to come on. But word gets around pretty quickly that a lot of Democrats don't like coming on the program for, I think, obvious reasons. Because I ask these types of questions and it doesn't um, it it leaves a lot of people uh, unsatisfied. You you ask intelligent questions. I, I do want to say one thing, though. I just jumped onto his website and he's a Navy veteran. So I want to thank him for his service to our country. There you go. Uh, Jer- but, but last thing he mentioned that, that yeah. um, actually scared the bejesus out of me, it, when he started talking about red flag laws, Yeah. man, after hearing that interview, if anybody should be, uh, you know, hand raised for a red flag law review, it might be him. Oh, my goodness. All right, Jerry, thank you. I appreciate the call. This is, uh, this is one of the things that I am, I am open to the idea of certain red flag laws, like, for example, uh, I don't. I think I t- talked about this the other day. Where this is one of the things Tillis is working on, uh, which is when you, if you have red flags in your childhood that, that should be that w- that would trip you in the Knicks system when you turn eighteen, they should have access to that stuff like that. I, I would be on board with uh, Missy. Welcome to the show. Hello, Missy. Hey, Pete. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What's up? I just I caught some of that interview and I was quite entertained and um, listening to. That lady's response was even more entertaining. But uh, a couple of points. I'd like for him to explain further the Q and Anon and Lauren Boebert um, connection there. I think that kind of stopped right there, and I was hoping he would explain that a little more. And then, you know, what does he know about Q and what I know about Q from, from reading and watching and listening to Trump even is that they're against child sex trafficking. And that's that's their big push is trying to eradicate that. And, you know, there's a lot of arrests happening in the news now, a lot of recoveries of kids. So, you know, my question, people that are against that Q organization so vehemently, and that's that's a red flag for me. And then the second point was I wish you would have corrected him on his verbiage with magazines and clips because I don't want to listen to somebody try to take away my Second Amendment rights that doesn't know what he's talking about. And with I noticed that. in the Navy, he should have known the difference mm-hmm. between a magazine and a clip. I noticed that, too, but this is one of the, I say this all the time when in Second Amendment discussions. 
Uh, I am not going to correct people for confusing those two terms <laughs> because it just comes across as condescending. It, it, it really does. Well, it, 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 and, and then you end up shutting down because now I'm going to nitpick over the word that you used. And I understand your point. Um, and I, but I, I'm not going to go after somebody because then the argument becomes about that and whether or not you know anything. And it's it, you end up turning off a lot of people that might otherwise be allies. And so not that he would have been an ally, but uh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I've heard that confusion magazine and clip. It's just people use the terms interchangeably. And to Second Amendment uh, enthusiasts and gun hobbyists, I know that that rubs you all the wrong way. I get it. But uh, I, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, you know, as long as you know. That's, yeah. That's, no, I'm not going to go die on that hill. Because I listen to you. Yeah. No, I appreciate well, I it. Appreciate- I appreciate you calling. Appreciate you having them on. Like she said, just let them talk. Yeah. Well, thank you, Missy. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. I I am of the opinion on this stuff that I I just kind of let out enough rope, and uh, you can make a swing, or uh, you can make a noose. Your choice. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Email is Pete at thepetecalendershow.com. That's calendar with a K. Back to the phones we go. JR, welcome to the show. JR, what's going on, man? Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to, uh, to say that uh, one of the reasons we have such high inflation is people who think like you're earlier caller are in power now they do not understand capitalism the gas companies are going to charge as much as they possibly can you're going to work for as much as you possibly can i'm going to work for as much as i possibly can the people in charge have cut supply they've cut drilling pipelines you name it everything to produce gasoline they've tried to cut it when supply is cut, the price rises. And they don't understand that. It's obvious. Right, and that's why I asked sort of the fundamental question as to whether or not he believes printing more money causes inflation. And and look, he said he didn't know. Um, and I and that's an acceptable answer. I mean, I hope he figures it out, you know, and comes to a conclusion before the election. Um, I, although, honestly, I don't think it's going to help him much. It's a pretty solid Republican seat. But um, I am curious what you know, what his philosophy is on that. So he said he, he wasn't sure. And it, it, it sounded to me as if he maybe had never even uh, been exposed to that concept, which is kind of startling. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is people like him, enough of them have won. And that's why we're in the mess where we're in. Mm. Yeah. So no. he, he's exposing what they truly believe, and I don't think he even knows it. He doesn't understand how capitalism works. Well, I mean, he said he's a small business owner, so I think he would probably, you know, counter that he does uh, because he has his own IT business or whatever. If, if he doesn't understand that the gas company is going to charge as absolutely, as Exxon's going to charge as much as they can as long as Shell doesn't buy it. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Keep you from buying Shell. And Shell's going to call it charge as much as they can to keep Exxon. And it's the same for his business, whatever he is, and who's he competing with. They're going to charge as much as they possibly can. 
Yeah. No, I hear you. JR, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. All right, man. Have a great weekend. Um, got a bunch of emails here as well. Um, Kevin said, this interview is truly incredible. Scott Huffman has absolutely no impulse control. This is what watching CNN and MSNBC all day and night does to the liberal brain. He literally has no answers to anything you ask. He deflects constantly. He is angry and mad at the world that he cannot control, the world of conservatives. Good grief. What an absolute train wreck. Thanks, Pete. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, I'm sorry. That actually came from Jake. Jake from State Farm. Not, I have not been over to Twitter yet to see, um, and when we post this interview, I, you know, I, I don't know if he'll share it out with his people, but I expect there is going to be a, a swarm of people. I anticipate a lot of use of the mute button this weekend. <laughs> I anticipate that. And remember, that, like this is how this all started. Two weeks ago, over a weekend, I was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, the Memorial Day weekend, I had gone out of town, and uh, Friday morning, I open up my phone, and I just happened to click on Twitter, which I don't even have an alert that tells, like, I don't have the notifications turned on for Twitter, because I get too many, and I don't, I don't want a dinging, I don't want to see the numbers, so I just, I'll bounce in there, and so if I'm on vacation, I'm not going to check, so Anyway, I, I was showing somebody else something. I said, oh, hang on a second. Let me pull up the Twitter. And I remember seeing some graphic or whatever it was on Twitter. So I go to the app and I open it up and I see I've got, I don't even remember, 60, 70 interactions. And I thought, this is way too many for 24 hours. And I had seen that he had basically, you know, turned me up to, you know, full blast to his 71,000 followers. It's one of the things that I'm always... Uh, very cognizant of you have to like, I decide whether or not to push a tweet out to my followers. And I only have, I'm just under 7,000 and, and I'm very protective of people who tweet stuff. And then I take their stuff and tweet it. You know, Um, I understand that when I do that, it's now giving them a much larger reach. And I suspect that's what he's he's in, interested in, right? The, the greater reach because he's running for office and he needs, and honestly, he needed to talk to people in this audience, right? He needed to talk to you because if you live in his district, he's going to need you to turn around and vote for him over Dan Bishop. I know the district so, uh, some areas of the district pretty well. And I don't think his message is very attractive. It's not the gerrymandered district. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm not sure what kind of a district you could draw unless you stretch it into Charlotte and grab a chunk of heavy Democrat precincts in Charlotte and then essentially create pie wedges fanning out in order to uh, to make the, seaf, uh, make the seat safe for him or competitive for him. But even if it's competitive, I'm not sure... I'm not sure that his messaging really wins because the the view on abortion, just to, to be clear, by the polling, his view is an extremist view. That is a radical view. It is very, very outside of the mainstream thinking for most Americans. The vast majority of Americans are not okay with late-term abortions. They're not okay with aborting babies just inside 
the mother's belly, right? Because I didn't even get to the follow-up question. Like, if the rights attach when the child is born, what about half-born? Hmm? What if the baby's half in, half out? Then what? When do, do the rights attach? Is it is it the first contact with the air, the outside wall? Or is it is it once you're fully out? What if you're still attached with the umbilical cord? Right? And he can think that these are gotcha questions, but they're not. They're actually deeply rooted philosophical and ethical questions. And the reason perhaps that he thinks it's gotcha is that, and this happens a lot of times, it happens uh, with a lot of people on the right too, which is unchallenged ideas are very easy to hold. And when he's running around in his circle of friends, nobody probably ever pushes back on this stuff with him because they all agree. And he said it himself, oh, I go around and, you know, these are not things that I'm hearing. Hmm. Maybe you need to go around to different areas then. Maybe you need to expand the circle and talk to different people. All righty, we're talking about the, uh, well, we're getting your reaction. We're talking about the interview that uh, we did in the first hour with Scott Huffman, candidate for North Carolina's 8th Congressional District. Uh, This is from a tweet from Thirsty. It's a Pete tweet. He says, I am glad Huffman, quote, understands all the struggles. Some just understand some of the struggles, but he understands all of the struggles. Astute observation, Thirsty. Let me go over here to Hope. Hello, Hope. Welcome to the show. Hello. I love that comment. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I thought you did a great job with the interview. Thank you. But um, he mentioned that this was the January 6th thing was the worst thing that had happened to the Capitol and never even mentioned about the bombing that took place at the Capitol in 1983. Yeah, the Senate building. And extensive damage to the Capitol building itself. So that should have been, he should have known about that, but he might not know about that yet. It's possible he may not know. It's a long time ago. And, you know, when it was a leftist terrorist, uh, those things tend to get kind of, you know, swept away pretty quickly. Amazingly. Yeah. As if there's (laughs) some ulterior reason. The the other thing I wanted to comment was that there's an old saying that he should have learned a long time ago. Better to be silent and thought a fool than to open one's mouth and erase all doubt. Yeah. And he just kept going on and on and on. Yeah. And making it worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I hope you have him on some more. I mean, I don't think he's helping himself. I I suspect he does think he helped himself. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see. Hope, I appreciate the call. Have a great all weekend. Right. Yeah. Okay, you too. That re- uh, Hope's uh, uh, citation of that quote reminds me of a very similar quote that my grandpa used to say, think before you speak, and then don't say it. Speaking of grandpa, uh, he got Alzheimer's at the end of his life, and that's uh, why this cause is close to my heart, which is the Alzheimer's Association. We're doing a fundraiser for them over the weekend. Uh, go to mix1079.com. It's a family dance party, family-friendly event. It's going to be out at uh, a Symphony at the Park, right at the... Uh, down South Park, 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock Saturday. I'm going to judge people's dancing. I don't know. Uh, let me go to Mac. Hello, Mac. Welcome to the show. Mac. Is it Mac? Matt? Mac? I am I am here. Oh, there you are. Where, where, did you have me on yeah. mute? <laughs> Hello? Hello, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? 
Okay. All yeah, right. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Fantastic. Um, uh, in light of your uh, ninety-pound weight loss, which is just tremendous, um, I've I've uh, thought up a new appropriate nickname for you based on a uh, character from Breaking Bad. Oh, I know what it is. <laughs> Skinny Pete. There you go. That's right, Skinny Pete. <laughs> Although I'm a Navy veteran myself, I find it. Uh, well, it's not hard. It's not hard to believe, but the vast, vast, vast majority of military veterans that, that I run across. Uh, we lost you. Mac, Mac, you're dropping in and out. I'm going to put you back on hold. I don't know if you're traveling or not, but the phone is cutting in and out. I apologize. Uh, Bernie will uh, check back with you to see if oh, he's gone, so it dropped. Call back if you'd like. Mac, I'll get you back on. Um, John... Up in New Jersey, he's been listening since I was doing nine to midnights here all them years ago. John says, uh, your guest told me all I needed to know when he issued the phrase, come on, man. <laughs> uh, let me go over here to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, welcome back to Charlotte. I've listened to you ever since you were on at night as well. And, Thanks. Uh, even when you were in Asheville, I listened to your podcast and I got to... I need to get a skinny Pete image because all I can see is the fat Pete from from that podcast. Oh, so, so okay, so here here's what you need to do: go to um, whatever platform you're using and and uh, do another search and re-download the the you know stop following it, refollow it, and we've got an updated graphic that should pop up there. <laughs> you got it. Thanks for interviewing <laughs> that. Thanks for interviewing that guy as a as an army veteran. I always ask these uh, whenever I see a vet running for, as a Democrat. I asked them, are they, when they were serving in the military, were they fighting for socialism? Because the reality is, that's where the Democrat Party is now, whether they like it or not. Well, and he did seem to indicate that he, uh, you know, when he started listing all of the rights after the child is born, it, he was outlining a cradle-to-grave, uh, you know, welfare structure uh, that would very much resemble those, th- that type of an economic structure, yeah. Well, and similarly, the uh, well, he said he was a Catholic, right? Yeah, he said he's Roman Catholic. Yeah. Well, how does how does being a Roman Catholic? I mean, I, I don't whether you're for abortion or not. How can you be a Catholic and a Democrat in today's world? There were well, see, Catholics. Uh, there are views that they have on the social justice front and on social issues that are very, you know, like. Uh, pro-immigration, that sort of stuff, anti-death penalty, some things that would consider you'd consider to be you know, liberal by the standard of maybe 15 years ago. Um, but I think a lot more Catholics are now finding themselves at odds with the Democratic Party, uh, where they had traditionally kind of found their home. Now, I do think it's interesting that he cited the Old Testament for his rationale for why he chose that life begins at birth versus some of the other, uh, you know, New Testament citations that would that would counter that. Uh, but I mean, that is one thing, uh, he, uh, you know, there's a, a phrase well, called like cafeteria like a, Catholics, you know, they pick and choose what they want. A, a Protestant can pick and choose, but Catholics have to take their direction from the Pope and the Pope says that abortion is wrong. Correct. Right. Correct. So, yes, it, 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 it seems to me to be uh, one of the several inconsistencies that he offered up. Uh, that uh, made it difficult to follow his, quote, logic on some of that stuff. Yeah. We appreciate you being back here. Love your show. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend, sir. Um, And uh, let me see here. This is from Dan. He says, Pete, what a bleep hat. 
He had the same stupid laugh as Kamala Harris when you put him in a corner and he wanted to appear to scoff at your ignorance. He's a great example of it's best to keep your mouth shut and have people believe you're a moron than to open it and remove any doubt. You did a masterful job outing his ignorance. That is from listener Dan. Got a message here on the Twitter machine. Earlier, the very first question I uh, I asked um, Scott Huffman, congressional candidate, in the first hour of the program, the very first question I asked him because it was the is the first line of questioning that I had with Dan Bishop, and so I I assumed that Huffman responding to the tweet that I had sent out promoting the fact that Bishop was on the show. Right. When the podcast posted, I put it out. He responded saying, you know, I'd love to come on the show, too. So I assumed he would listen to some of it, at least the beginning. And that was how that was what we started talking about. Because that was the subject of the hearing. The what is a woman define a woman? And we 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 teased out the larger philosophical questions that are inherent in that question. And. Uh, So I wasn't, so when he said, oh, that's a gotcha question. And that's why I asked him, why does he think that's a gotcha question? But he wouldn't tell, he wouldn't tell me. I was happy to explain to him why I didn't think it was, but he wouldn't tell me why. Um, and I got a message, uh, a message on Twitter. Well, okay. So somebody said, as soon as they say that's a gotcha question, you know that they don't have an answer for it. Right, because it could be a gotcha question, but if you have an answer for it, then you can answer it, even if it is a gotcha question, which I, which it wasn't. Um, but he said in that discussion, in the course of that discussion, he said this has nothing to do with governance. And Ikifu on Twitter says it has everything to do with government. She said your party is pushing this agenda. Can this candidate stand up to extremists in his own party? He wants to appear as a moderate, but seems unwilling to take on the most leftist wing of his party. How can you claim to be pro-women's rights when you can't identify that group since you can't define who women are? Very fair question. Very fair question. Um, my suspicion is that... Uh, Scott Huffman has run for office before. He ran in uh, two different congressional races. One time uh, he didn't even make it out of the Democrat primary. So he has he's he has not raised much money. I saw he got into an argument with Tim Young, I believe, the comedian who Tim runs his mouth is his Twitter account. And uh, he has his own podcast. He's got like 600,000 followers or something on Twitter. And Huffman accused Young of tweeting something or whatever for the likes or for the follows or for clout or whatever. So they had this fight the other day too, I saw, which I didn't bring up here, but uh, uh, Huffman has only raised about $5,000. That's not a lot for a congressional race. Just in case you're wondering, (laughs) it's not a lot at all. Five grand, not a lot. And uh, he has 70 something thousand followers. So think about that. All the people that follow him on Twitter, right? He cannot even get 5,000 to donate a dollar. And he makes pitches all the time on Twitter for people to donate to his campaign. 
But here's here's what I suspect. There there is an industry, and you heard uh, I, I mentioned this with uh, Madison Cawthorn as well. That it's quite possible that this is an effort to build a brand in order to then land a contributorship position, which are paid on cable news. Because if you read, and I I mentioned this to him as well during the discussion, I see all the press releases from the Democrat Party. I see them all. I see them from the campaigns. I see them from the different organizations and activist groups. I see them all. And what he was rattling off is stuff that's in all of those uh, press releases. And And I didn't mean it as a pejorative. It's just I know what these talking points are. I know what where these statements uh, originate. So that's what you get on his Twitter feed. You get a lot of that. And the nastier he gets, and I give him credit, he did not engage in any kind of nastiness. Uh, well, I mean, he got close a couple of times. But he didn't engage in nastiness with me during the discussion. Now, I'll see how he behaves on Twitter. But um, I, I thought, I mean, I didn't have to hang up on him for cursing. So he's, you know, he was already better than the MacGuffin guy. But, uh, or uh, McGinnis, sorry, McGinnis. But his his persona on Twitter is nasty. And I suspect that he's angling for one of those types of uh, talking head posts. Or talking head positions, let's say. Um, Icky goes on to say, uh, we are with the science on wearing the mask. Um, and then she notes that uh, one of his other comments would be counter to Roe v. Wade. She then says he is shallow. He doesn't like to think. And then when he was trying to delineate, you know, when I was asking when do rights attach, and he says I'm for the rights of the mother, and Icky points out the woman is already born. She has rights. We're all clear on that. But he kept saying that because he didn't want to answer the question, which is when do the rights attach? When do they obtain? And that, to me, has always been the fundamental question at the heart of this issue. So tell me when you think they obtain. And he and he wouldn't say it, but he did say it, which was birth, which is based on his religious view, which, by the way, he doesn't want to impose his religious views on anybody. So, yeah, it, it's it, very difficult to follow <laughs> some of the, quote, logic. Um Here's an email, Pete. I haven't heard this much flipping and flopping here since Keith Larson had Kay Hagan's head spinning loose from her neck, talking out of both sides of her mouth. Uh, yeah. Um, Joseph says, wow, they're really not sending their best. I guess he's just cannon fodder candidate, a cannon fodder candidate for the red wave. Um, there's the flipping flopping one. Uh, I thought you might have asked. Mr. Hoffman, if he supported the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment, getting that amendment added to the Constitution has been a big push from the Democrats in recent years. Their claim is that the Constitution does not explicitly mention women, which means women's rights are not equally protected. But if there's no difference between men and women and anybody can be a woman, whatever that means, then what's the use of the amendment? Well, it's for those who identify as a woman. See, so if I identify as a man, then I get the rights or something. I would venture to guess Mr. Huffman is in favor of the ERA, but he hasn't walked himself down this philosophical path. Great show, as always, from Matt. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's look more. All right, oh, my gosh. I'm going to look more on the Twitter feed. 
The Hellion says, anybody who utters that's a gotcha question doesn't have a good answer. There you go. And then he says, squirm. Get him, Pete. Uh, Thirsty says, I'm very surprised this IT guy cannot go toe-to-toe with Pete. Seems like his home remodeling experience could have come in handy here. (laughs) See, you have these uh, these different types of pieces, and one is a male piece, and one is a female. He says, this guy never listened to your show. If he did, he would never have come on today. (laughs) It's possible. Avoidance is not answering, said it's all a distraction. So what, uh, okay, then, uh, oh, here we go. This is from NC Ace's dad. Pete, I'm a Dan Bishop constituent. I don't give a damn about the definition of a woman. Move on. That's how I knew it wasn't going well for Mr. Huffman is when one of his champions on the Twitter machine started saying the equivalent of, Stop! He's already dead! I knew it wasn't going well. But I'll scroll back through the Twitter feed. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm like an hour and a half behind on these tweets. <laughs> 